1: When it comes to LGBTQ rights, we have come a long way from where we were. But what about the rights of same-sex parents? We've the chairperson of Limerick Pride, Lisa Daly, Limerick mother, Karen, and co-founder of Equality for Children, Renee von Medding, on the line to chat about us this a little bit more this morning. Good morning to you all. Good
2: morning. morning.
1: Karen, if I can start with yourself, first of all, uh, can you tell us about the way that you and your partner decided to have your son?
0: Um good morning, Julian. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I can tell you a little bit about it, I suppose from a personal point of view and I suppose from um the the legislation point of view as well. Um we are married three years now and as a, a young married couple we we decided we'd we'd love to extend our family and 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 have children and I've been following some of the legislation over the years, um as it went tr- from a bill to an act and um you know, we kind of decided earlier on that earlier on that we were going to engage with that legislation and kind of follow the process. We didn't really know much else, um, or other ways um, to have children, and um, we thought, um, yeah, look, there's fertility clinics available, there's fertility treatment available, there's donor sperm available to buy. Let's just follow that process, and that's what we did. Um, and we 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 were we had three attempts. At IUI, and my wife, luckily enough, became pregnant in uh, in 2018, and we had our little boy in 2019. Um, and I suppose that led to the next part of our journey, which was was um, our legal status as parents. And automatically, of course, my wife as the birth mother had automatic, uh, you know, legal parentage, if you like. But I was a legal stranger to her child.
1: And did that come as a shock to you? Being a married couple and having gone through a process, uh, you know, to have the child conceived, when he was born, you were a legal stranger.
0: No, it wasn't a shock to me. i had been following the legislation as it went. But interesting enough, like, we're very, very supportive friends and family. And it was a shock to a lot of people. And even recently when when, when I got the declaration of parentage, um, it was still a shock to people that, you know, that I had been a legal um, stranger to my son for almost 18 months. And I suppose back in when marriage equality was taking place in 2015, I suppose people thought, oh, there you go now. Um, you know, gay people can get married, they can have kids, they can have the same, but we're not actually equal at all. And, and prior to the Mar- Marriage Equality Act, there was an act called the Children and Family Rights Act um, that had been put in place. And I suppose that was, that was really to support a lot of, of couples, be it gay or straight, um, and the protection of their children um, when they're using uh, uh, donor-assisted uh, human reproduction. And, you know, there's a lot of slave couples that have fertility issues and male fertility issues and that they have to, to use donor sperm or for whatever reason. There's a lot of single women that have to use do- donor sperm. So this um, piece of legislation that was enacted in 2015 was to, to support people like that and to support um, and to protect the children and the rights of those children and I so suppose I was following following this this act for a couple of years, but funny enough, um, the parts that that equated to me and my family um, didn't come into play until May this year. There had been seven, I think, promised dates where parts of this act could would be commenced, and um, and those dates had gone by. And funny enough, and ironically enough, I suppose, it was in the middle of a pandemic, that finally the the legislation was commenced. And then, then we could start our process to um, to go to court, and I could get a declaration of parentage, which would which ultimately put me, on, on and as, as same parent as anyone else. Um, and as my wife, I have to, I now have the legal status as a parent for my son.
1: Well, as I mentioned, Renee von Meddings with us as well. She's co-founder of Equality for Children. It seems odd that you have to jump through so many loops in order to just be recognised as a parent of your own child, Renee. I mean, Lisa, sorry, um, Karen mentioned there that things are moving forward, but when will we get to a stage where it's just taken as automatic?
2: Yeah, so we are... That's something I'd really like to know myself um, because as Karen pointed out there, uh, it was signed in there in 2015. It was seven times dates had come up and passed without it coming in and it's only this May it's now after coming in and that's only for a percentage of same sex families. That's only for female same sex families, you know, that have done it through a clinic. So there there's a lot of loopholes still you know, like to try yeah. and get legal status for your child and
3: absolutely to protect your it's child. A- Yeah, as Karen said, there's a lot of loopholes. And yeah, it doesn't cover everybody. So um, we are in a slightly different position, myself my wife. We have a four-year-old and an almost two-year-old daughter. And when we decided to go down the road of starting our family, we had no idea of all of the legislation that was in the pipeline. We didn't know what the CFRA was. We just knew that marriage equality was coming in. And we assumed, along with most of the country, I think, that once marriage equality came in, all families would be treated as equal. So we went down the road of fertility treatment blissfully unaware and we um, chose a different route. We did reciprocal IVF. We used my wife's eggs and donor sperm and I carried the babies. And it was actually, I was eight months pregnant before we realised that when our, our child is born that my wife would be considered a legal stranger.
1: Even um, though she was a biological uh, mother yeah. in terms yeah. of having given an egg. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, under the Irish Constitution, the woman who gives birth is automatically deemed the biological parent, even if she's not, um, you know, in the cases of surrogacy. Um, so we we kind of got thrust into this situation, I suppose, not knowing that this is going to be the case. And four years ago, when Ava was born, that was kind of the start of our journey to kind of campaigning for equality for all children of LGBT plus parents. And um, when the CFRA legislation came in this year, that was a huge step forward for lots of our families. But unfortunately, it only covers some same-sex female couples. It doesn't cover any fathers. Um, it doesn't cover females who have done at-home insemination, who have used a clinic abroad, who have done reciprocal IVF like, like we have, um, who have used known donors, who have children born abroad. So there's this vast array of families who still aren't covered. Um, and as Karen said, even the ones who are covered are being forced to jump through hoops to get that that recognition that should have been automatic from the moment of conception. Um, so we have a very long way to go before we can say that we you know we have an equal Ireland.
1: Lisa, you're a chairperson of Limerick Pride uh, and a mother yourself as well. Do you think that you know, as a society, that, that there's an acceptance of same-sex parents, and it's just the law that is slow to catch up, or is there still a stigma around it?
2: No, I believe that the law is really behind with the families. If I'm honest with you, I'm um, experiencing myself, um, and I know Karen as well personally in her family, and. We're quite lucky, I think, with our friends and family and everyone in between, you know. And we haven't experienced anything negative towards our families. But I think, being honest with you, like five years coming up, like with the girls saying themselves when the marriage referendum came up, a lot of us believed, like everything else, had fallen in place. But there's a huge percentage that's not included. It doesn't get highlighted enough. I believe, you know, I follow on his page myself. And, you know, it really needs to be pushed out much more. And a lot of people do be shocked when you say to them that this is still not law. You know, there's only a tiny percentage of the LGBT families being recognised. There's so many things that's not, you know, like, um, so I really don't know, especially when we've had like an openly gay Taoiseach at times, you know, that hasn't like made these things, highlight them and push this, that we're not waiting as long because since like 2015 and it's come in, you know, like, and it hasn't been passed properly then, you know, hasn't come into this May properly for some sex families, same-sex families and, that's children that would have been planned before then and had to wait like the last five years at least before they recognize both mothers. Now these children don't see any different and either does our families, you know. Like with same with the girls like myself, I don't see my partner or myself being any more the parent. If you know what I'm saying, you know, like yeah. she's equally um sirsha's and like Karen's equally her child's mother. You know, we do the very same things, just as simply I get birthed, you know, and like, those things, the law needs to catch up with our families. It needs to protect our families, you know, and protect a lot of other people as well. And like saying, you know, with the males and it's not fair. There's loads of families that don't get seen around the country. And this needs to be highlighted more. It's five years on now and still only a tiny percentage is being recognised. And we, we're we trying to safeguard our families. We all are, you know, who doesn't want to protect their family? And our law isn't protecting
1: that. Karen, can I ask you, you mentioned you yeah. know, going to court over this a yeah. few times. Is it, has there been a significant cost?
0: No, no cost at all, it's through the family law
1: court um, No, co-
0: the only cost is time really and um, and that's the uh, cost in
1: itself though. I mean yeah. sometimes people dismiss that, but that can be an expensive cost for some people. The only
0: cost of time. Now it now for me I had no cost. I didn't use the solicitor. I know there's a lot of families that are using solicitors and that obviously is going to is gonna cost money. But we didn't lose, use a, a solicitor. We had um, a family member who is solicitor and gave us uh, you know, was able to sign um the documentation for us and we went into court on our own. Um but there was a couple of loopholes as you said, or, or or things we had to drum through there was affidavits to be signed, both for myself and my wife. We had certification to get from the clinic that we used. Um, all our, our own um, identification documentation had to be sent into the court, an application made. And funny enough, you know, so there was a lot of paperwork that had to go to, to, to go into, to the court. The legislation, when you read it, is a bit tricky. You have to read it a couple of times to kind of understand it. And I would encourage any parents that are doing the same, you know, don't, don't be afraid of it read the legislation, go through it a few times, it does start making sense um, and the process is very, very straightforward. And LGBT Ireland have a lot of the templates for the documentation on their website as well, which was really, really helpful. Um, there's also another piece of legislation, and there's a bill in it at the moment, and I thought René would probably know a bit more about this, the Assistant Human, Human Reproduction Bill, and I suppose that proposes to to regulate um, maybe surrogacy and, and reciprocal IDF as well. But that's been stuck in, in kind of legal limbo since October 2017. I think we'll cover a lot more families once that does come in. But look, it's now yeah. even it's not even nowhere near to being mm-hmm. three years in legal yeah. limbo now. Yeah,
1: Renee, you have yep. some more detail on that.
3: The, yeah, the assisted human reproduction bill. Um, there's actually they've been talking about doing um, you know at, at looking at legislation surrounding surrogacy for over a decade, and still nothing has happened. It's gotten to a stage where there is the pre-legislative. Scrutiny last year, um, but still nothing has happened. And they, like the, the current government, has made a commitment to progressing the AHR bill. Um, there is a, a, a Dr. Connor O'Mahony is a special rapporteur for children who is doing a report this year, which should be um, presented by the end of the year. And his findings on the gaps for our families um, will greatly impact on. The AHR bill going forward, but to be honest, what they have proposed so far is completely inappropriate for our families. They um, they're only proposing again to to cover a small uh, minority of families within 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 these different um, you know pathways to parenthood. They're only looking to cover surrogacy that happens in Ireland, and for anyone who knows anything about surrogacy, ninety nine percent of it occurs abroad and it's international surrogacy. Um, They're not looking to cover any um, conceptions that occur at home with home insemination, which, again, is a huge proportion of um, children conceived to um, same-sex female couples. So, again, they're looking at at this legislation, you know, in, in the wrong way, and ourselves at Equality for Children and LGBT Ireland and lots of other involved groups are are really lobbying the government to rethink their whole um, strategy and how they're coming at this. And rather than legislating purely for conception, to legislate for prospective parents and legislating for the children, that they have a legal connection to their parents, regardless of uh, the genetics or regardless of where they are born or how they are born.
1: It does seem very strange that a child's rights would be impacted Based on what way they were conceived, because the child has absolutely no say in that for, and that's mm-hmm. for sure. And so, it, it and every, does, every child yeah, yeah. has the right to, yeah. to, you know, to equal rights uh, to their parents. So look, yeah. thank you so much for filling us in on this. I'm sure people will be able to go to your website to find out more. That's a uh, co-founder of Equality for Children, Renee von Medding, also Limerick mother, Karen, and chairperson of Limerick Pride, Lisa Daly. Thanks for joining us on Limerick today.